Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, February 26th. In Revelation 1.8, Yeshua says of Himself, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Aleph and Tav, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Did you know that if you read Genesis 1-1 in Hebrew, there is an Aleph Tav right smack dab in the middle of that verse. Truly, Yeshua, the Aleph Tav, is there in the beginning and the end. So, if you were reading your Bible in Hebrew, whenever you come across Aleph Tav, this is a direct reference to Yeshua. The Daily Audio Torah acronym is D-A-T. In Hebrew, that is Dalit Aleph Tav. When you unpack that in the ancient Hebrew picture language, what it means is this, Doorway to the Aleph Tav. The Daily Audio Torah is your doorway to the Aleph Tav, your doorway to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Tetzavah, and it means, You shall command. Exodus 31, 18-33, 1 When the Lord finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant written by the finger of God. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. 
Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, Take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. The Lord told Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them, and I will destroy them. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with the evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath to them, saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven, and I will give them all of this land that I have promised to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. He held in his hand the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. These tablets were God's work. The words on them were written by God himself. When Joshua heard the boisterous noise of the people shouting below them, he exclaimed to Moses, It sounds like war in the camp. But Moses replied, No, it's not a shout of victory, nor the wailing of defeat. I hear the sound of a celebration. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made and burned it. Then he ground it into powder and threw it into the water and forced the people to drink it. Finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded, What did these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't get so upset, my lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know how evil these people are. 
They said to me, Make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, Whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. And when they brought it to me, I simply threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. Moses saw that Aaron had let the people get completely out of control, much to the amusement of their enemies. So he stood at the entrance to the camp and shouted, All of you who are on the Lord's side, come here and join me. And all the Levites gathered around him. And Moses told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each of you, take your swords and go back and forth from one end of the camp to the other. Kill everyone, even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. The Levites obeyed Moses' command, and about 3,000 people died that day. Then Moses told the Levites, Today you have ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Today you have earned a blessing. The next day Moses said to the people, You have committed a terrible sin, but I will go back up to the Lord on the mountain. Perhaps I will be able to obtain forgiveness for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, what a terrible sin these people have committed. They have made gods of gold for themselves. But now, if you will only forgive their sin, but if not, erase my name from the record you have written. But the Lord replied to Moses, No, I will erase the name of everyone who has sinned against me. Now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. Look. My angel will lead the way before you, and when I come to call the people to account, I will certainly hold them responsible for their sins. Then the Lord sent a great plague upon the people, because they had worshipped the calf Aaron had made. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them, I will give this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey. But I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, You are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and fine clothes while I decide what to do with you. So, from the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. 
When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Mark 8, 11-38 When the Pharisees heard that Yeshua had arrived, they came and started to argue with him. Testing him, they demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back into the boat and left them, and he crossed to the other side of the lake. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Yeshua warned them, Watch out! Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Yeshua knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes. Can't you see? You have ears. Can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the five thousand with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the four thousand with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet? he asked them. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Yeshua, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Yeshua took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. And then Yeshua placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Yeshua sent him away, saying, Don't go back into the village or on on your way home. Yeshua and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah. But Yeshua warned them not to tell anyone about him. Then Yeshua began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Yeshua turned around and looked at his disciples and then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. 
You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Psalm 42, 1-11 As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones, they scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Proverbs 10:17. People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Exodus chapter 32. And in this chapter, we see the infamous event of the golden calf. And the people grew impatient. Moses had been gone a long time. And so they came to Aaron and said, make us a God that we can worship it and that can lead us. And Aaron, being weak and succumbing to the pressure coming from the people, said, well, bring me all the gold that you have and we'll see what we can do. And so then... The people bring him gold earrings, and he melts it all down and fashions it into a golden calf. And so, in the sight of God, when we have idolatry in our life, it is the same thing as adultery. Remember, the giving of the Ten Commandments was a ketubah. It was an invitation to step into a covenant marriage relationship. How do I know that? 
Well, I want to unpack a verse and do a deep dive on it for you. And in Exodus chapter 32, verse 20, when uh, Moses comes down from the mountain and he sees that they have been engaged in this idolatry, we'll start at verse 19. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. Verse 20. He took the calf they had made and burned it. Then he ground it into powder, threw it into the water, and forced the people to drink it. Now, why did he do that? I'm going to cross-reference that with a passage from Numbers chapter 5, starting in verse 17. So this passage, this chapter, second part of this chapter, is if a husband suspects that his wife has been cheating on him, and she's been sleeping with another man, and a spirit of jealousy comes over him, he's to bring his wife to the priest. And the priest sets her down, and he's going to write a curse on a piece of paper. And we'll start in verse 19. The verse, the priest shall put her under oath and says to the woman, If no man has lain with you, and if you have not gone astray to uncleanness while under your husband's authority, be free from this bitter water that brings a curse. But if you have gone astray while under your husband's authority, and if you have defiled yourself and some other man other than your husband has lain with you, Then the priest shall put the woman under the oath of the curse, and he shall say to the woman, The Lord make you a curse and an oath among your people when the Lord makes your thigh rot and your belly to swell. And may this water that causes the curse go into your stomach and make your belly swell and your thigh rot. And the woman shall say, Amen, so be it. And so then the priest, in verse 23, he writes the curses in a book, and he shall scrape them off into the bitter water. And then he makes the woman drink the bitter water that brings a curse. And the water that brings the curse shall enter her to become bitter. So basically, he sweeps up some of the dust off of the floor, and he adds that dust to the water. He also takes the paper that he wrote the curse on, and he wads it up and tosses it into the water, and he has the woman drink this. If she's innocent, no harm, no foul. If she's guilty, the curse will come upon her. So this is the test of an adulterous wife. So coming back now to Exodus chapter 32, verse 20, when Moses took the gold from the golden calf and grinds it up into a powder and puts it in the water and he forced the people to drink it, this was the test of an adulterous wife. And so basically, the people have committed spiritual adultery against the Lord. And so this brings jealousy. It breaks the heart of God. He, he loves, he's so in love with his bride, and yet she has been an adulterous bride. And so taking it even another step further, um, the curse that normally would come upon the adulterous bride, Yeshua took that curse upon himself. And 
in order to redeem that bride, that when she repents and she turns back to him and turns away from her idols and turns away from her adulteries and she comes to Yeshua, she comes to the cross, then the curse that would have come upon her instead goes on to Yeshua. So, Heavenly Father, we just close out this time today. We ask you to search our heart with your Holy Spirit like a light beam and see if there be any wicked way within us. Is there anything in my heart, Lord, that I lean upon, that I trust in, besides you or in addition to you? Is there any kind of an idol of the heart, something I esteem and value and prize or love and cherish, equal to or above you? Reveal it, Lord. Please pull down any idols of the heart that you would find there today. Abba, we want to return to you wholeheartedly with all of our heart. We want to have hold nothing back. We want to serve you with 100% of our being, all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, with everything that we've got. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.